What's up, JFW family? Welcome back to the Channel 23 podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to reach out and touch the fleet to engage and inform everyone of all things JFW. What's up, guys? Morning, everybody. Welcome back, everyone. Morning. Go Channel 23. That's right, buddy. We need to say uh, the opinions you hear on this podcast are not the opinions of JFW. Just Jim and Dave White's Super Dave's of mine. <laughs> That's just so we can cuss you guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I do have a little bit of exciting feedback. Episode 18 had 227 downloads in its first week, so we're back up to the over 200 mark, which makes me pretty excited. And uh, pretty interesting, we picked up Israel and Norway. Wow. Good stats. Yeah, I love it. That is crazy. Israel and Norway. Wow. You hear that, senior? (laughs) (laughs) I bet Arizona's in next week's. Uh, Should be, right? He probably doesn't get us in Arizona. He'll call me. I I can't get this, son. (laughs) Uh, I'll I'll try to help. (laughs) We have Arizona blocked. (laughs) Man, that's dad joke. No, we don't. <laughs> that is literally a dad joke. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a joke. Yeah. Uncle Freddie was hearing all the hubbub about the bullwagon for Jesse Baeza, so he made a comment that if we get bullwagons, put him and Leroy down for one as well. Oh, all right. Yeah. Bull haulers, man. Yeah. Before we get too much further, I just want to mention, you know, the Ukraine, and, you know, we should still be praying for the Ukraine. What's going out th- on out there is pretty terrible, and uh, they're putting up a hell of a fight, though. Yeah, I think, yeah. well, yeah, you don't want to get political, but I don't think Russia was expecting the Ukrainian people to be so strong, and mm-hmm. and that's that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. That was a democratic country, and I, I'm proud of them. Yeah. yeah, me too. Fantastic and scary. Like you said, we don't want to get too deep into the weeds here, but if they can't beat them the way they're trying, what do they do next? Yes, absolutely. <clears throat> and you just, you know... They were minding their own business, doing their own thing, and yeah. here comes Putin. A lot of good stories coming out of there, though. Yes, yeah. Well, you guys know I had to run out of here last night. My wife started leading this women's group, and I was supposed to be home at 6, and I left late, so I was going a little fast. 270 was kind of wide open, and I was hammered down, and I ended up getting pulled over. The cops write me a ticket, and he's crying. And I'm like, what's wrong with you? He's like, this is a moving violation. <laughs> oh, man, a moving violation. Wow. <laughs> Jim, I got totally suckered into that one because I thought, wait a minute, I passed you at Tacos. <laughs> That's right. Speaking of Hammer Down. <laughs> Jim was in the fast lane and SD was in the super fast lane. <laughs> He was in the right lane, and I thought, man, I, he's running late. He left the shop like 10 minutes late. What's he doing in the right lane? See ya. Well, it's time for the dad joke challenge. Obviously. Yeah, I've kind of stuck with the bird theme. I don't know what that is. You know, we've talked about the parrot. We've talked about ducks. And a shout-out to Allie, my daughter. She gave me a good, a good uh, bird joke or a nice. duck joke there. And then... Uh, Ray Ray, he uh, texted me last night with a with a good joke. So, uh, what do you call birds that stick together? Flocking, ridiculous. sticky birds, <laughs> sticky birds. How about Velcros? Uh, <laughs> that's good. That is a good dad joke. Yeah. So shout uh, out to Ray Ray and, and my daughter Allie. 
We'll chime in there since we're kind of talking animals. If we're if we're going with that, here's a dog. Lover. So uh, no, I can't do dog. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Bob and Frank are out fishing, and uh, they're in their favorite spot right next to the road under the bridge. And they look up, and a funeral procession goes by. Bob stands up in the boat, takes his hat off, puts it over his heart, and Frank's just looking at him, kind of in awe. And after the last car goes past, he puts his hat on and sits down, and Bob looks at him and says, Wow, Frank, I didn't know you had it in you. He goes, Well, it's the least I could do. We were married for 30 years. Oh, man. Oh, Dave. Oh, man. Uh, maybe it's not a fishing joke. <laughs> SD, well, you're going to gonna have to reprieve it, yeah. man. I tell you, what a coincidence. I, I'm talking animals today, too. You know, everybody has watched TV and watched the, the animal shows and everything. And have you ever figured out how to tell the difference between an alligator and a crocodile? Yes. One you see now, one you see later. No, one you'll see in a while, and one you see later. <laughs> Almost. One you see later and one in a while. There you go. <laughs> Man, I think you got stuff two weeks in a row now. I have. <laughs> I, have. Yeah, I got to do a better job on that. <laughs> we're coming for you. I do have a question for you guys. If we were all in a race and I was in second place and you passed me, what place would you be in? We're all in a race. You were in second place. And then you passed me. Passed me. What place are you in? I would say first place. <laughs> I'd say second place because be you'd be in third place. place. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's the guy in first yet. <laughs> gotcha. Got him. Who's on first? What's on second? I don't know who's on third. <laughs> All right, new drivers. Let's welcome uh, Jeremy Tuttle to the fleet. Jeremy, uh, thanks for putting up with our jokes this morning if you're listening, but uh, we just want to give you a warm welcome to JFW. Welcome, Jeremy. Good morning, Jeremy. Hopefully you get to listen here soon. I haven't even met that guy. He's been training out of the West Yard. He started while I was out, and then mm-hmm. he's been at the West Yard. Mm-hmm. So looking yep. forward to meeting him. Who's well, he training with? He, he Kurt is, Spencer. Well, he's training with Don, I think, now, because oh. Kurt had a couple days off. So gotcha. he's been with Don Keller. Okay. Nice. Well, yep, so Don Keller's we'll coming to, through again. Nice. Good job. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully we'll get to interview him, though, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Jerry, we'll have him in in the morning. And yeah, we, we could talk about some strategies here after the podcast, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, we're kind of caught up on the, on the new drivers, and I don't know if we want to work backwards, but yeah, Jeremy's up next. So, okay. Yeah. And then uh, celebrations, birthdays, we got Jacob Riley, Rob White, Jimmy V, Senior, James Peacock, and Alan Martinez all have birthdays this week. Woo! Happy birthday, everybody. Happy yeah, birthday, happy guys. Happy birthday, you guys. That, March is a big birthday month. Yeah. You know what that boils back to? Nine months ago, whatever that was. June, June weddings, my friend. There you go. <laughs> is that, is that, that June weddings bring March babies. Uh, bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> <laughs> Anniversaries, we got uh, today, actually, March the 2nd. I'm finally getting a month right, which makes me excited. Stingray's been here 17 years today. Martinez has been here two years today. And Pedro Sotelo has been here two years today. So, yeah, I got to throw this out there about Stingray. You know, he quit twice. <laughs> and has been here 17 years And since. 17. So I think if you added it all up, what would you say? I, probably 21 years, 22 years. Wow. Yeah. Wasn't he here it, like a, a couple years and he quit? He was gone a year. Then he came back and he was here for like another couple years and then quit. 
and then came back. Yeah, uh, I remember hiring him the first time because there was a phone out in the old building next to this building, and we talked to, I, I believe, his, his wife on the phone. She was calling to get him a get him in a not an application but an interview so that was definitely in the 90s dave 80s late 80s something like that crazy 20 plus years ago yeah. yeah i mean we've been in this building 22 years and you're right we hired him in the other building yeah, yeah way to go stingray first time i met stingray was on the cb coming back from like montrose or somewhere and uh, he was in a pioneer truck and i of course was in a jfw truck but i'm like who is this guy and then so i ran into him one day and just by the nature of our timing of what our loads were, I ran into him the next day. And I'm like, where's that that guy? He's hollering <laughs> out, hey, Super Dave on the radio. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's that guy again. <laughs> Here we are, 20-some years later. Yeah, congratulations, Mike. Man, I'm, I'm glad you've been here for 17 years, buddy. And then uh, Martinez and uh, Pedro. You know, happy second anniversary also. It's just yeah. as important as that 17. Absolutely. Absolutely. They, they all do a great job for us. So thanks, guys. I'll get yeah. you your shirts over to the West Yard. Some of them on, my, on back order. I'll have to see what we got here. Uh, shout outs. I want to give a shout out to Linda, Chris England, and Ricky DeLeon for helping me with this outline. Those guys had some uh, good input. I was just kind of walking around yesterday. Hey, what do you want to hear on the podcast tomorrow? And they helped me out. So thank you. Smiley came in, said he was up at Platt Sand and Gravel, and the loader operator there was just raving about our drivers, saying that we're the best, we're professional, we're polite. So we always love to hear that stuff, guys. Yeah, that is outstanding, isn't it? Yeah, we try to tell you guys about this so that you guys all hear about it. So if you're if you're doing it and you don't think it matters, it does. It touches a lot of people, you guys, and and it's it's fantastic. <laughs> I got to tell you this week, and we'll get into some of this stuff more in the podcast, but there has been a lot of positive stuff going on, which, you know, it's easy to kind of skip over and just get sucked into the negative. But we got some some good people here with good hearts and people doing a good job and being intentional and, you know, making an impact. So thank you. Great things. Yep. Uh, somebody at the West Yard left us a very nice Indeed review. I don't know who that was, but thank you for that. Always like to see that as well. We've been doing these culture meetings with new drivers. You know, they're here anywhere from three to five weeks. Uh, we had Danny Mercado up here. Uh, was that yesterday? Yeah, that was yesterday. Yes, yeah. He was just saying what an amazing trainer Don Kello was. He said he's amazing, detailed, and patient. And he had a very good experience with Don. I should pull up the text from Don because he had texted me about something else. And I mentioned that to him. And I, I love his response, which just makes it even that much better. He said, thanks, Jam. It's important, so that's how I approach it. My job is to help him succeed. Yeah, that's, yeah. how positive <laughs> is that? Yeah, we need to keep Don training more people. Yep, yep. And and you're right, Danny did. I mean, he just he just raved about you, Don, and what a good job, and, and how patient. I mean, he really pointed out how patient you were, and, and Danny didn't feel you know, pushed or, or rushed or just, just enjoyed your, your uh, technique on how you did it, Don. He also proved it. He wasn't just saying that because we asked him some questions like, well, what's this or where's that at? And he had the answers, so I was impressed. Yeah. With, with Danny and Don. Yeah, So good job. Good job, both of you. 
Yeah, and, and reviewing those guys, you know, Danny's not the only one. I think he's like the fourth or fifth guy we've done. Mm-hmm. But we've we've asked a lot of questions about the trainers and the review for all of you trainers have been positive. You guys yes. are doing a great job and we appreciate you guys carrying on the JFW way. Absolutely. Not just the trainers, but the whole fleet. It, it appears, you know, yeah. I have it written down and we'll talk about it, but we're doing a good job welcoming the new people. Yeah, so. exactly, Jam. I've got some notes a little bit later or however that comes up, but okay. how, how friendly the guys have been. Yeah. Willie Losa, we had him up here this morning. Uh, speaking of complimenting trainers, he just said Ray's an amazing guy. You know, mm-hmm. we were just talking about Ray a few podcasts ago. You know, he uh, he is a good person and he's a good trainer. Yeah, exactly. Just a little side note for Ray, since we're doing shout outs. You know, I did send that out about uh, Dennis Viscara uh, losing his mom this week, and you know, just a little heartfelt note or bamboo announcement from me, but. Ray, I had several people answer me back in texts and email and stuff, but um, Ray really sent out one, and, and it was more about all of you guys and the group of people he works with, which which is you guys, the family, the team here, and and uh, Ray was well-spoken. It was, a, it was a good text. Thanks, Ray. Love it. Facebook news, you know, we have a lot of ads that run on Facebook, and mostly positive stuff you'll see there, but every once in a while somebody will jump on and, you know, try to try to slam jfw and make us look bad well arturo cruz in cuba was not having it he uh, or is he in florida now i know he's going back and forth but i think he's back in the united states now yeah mm-hmm. is he because i thought the one photo in facebook was with his family and i think in cuba yeah so. it's only 90 miles away so <laughs> <laughs> he's just swimming back and forth he, he made, <laughs> go people, surfing people have swam right from cuba to to florida yeah right. it's not out of the question but uh, he just had some really great things to say, and you know, the only reason that he left was to be closer to his family. He mentioned that we were flying him back to Cuba to help him, you know, see his family and, and stuff like that. So, thank you, Arturo. I don't know if he even listens to the podcast, but we do get listeners from Florida, so maybe that's yeah. where he is. Yeah, that's absolutely. Him. Lauren Nahara, Paco's wife, she's another person on Facebook that's always speaking up about how great JFW it is and what it means to, to, the, to their family and how happy she is to have Paco work here. So thank you, Lauren. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Lauren. Want to shout out to all the trainers. Uh, you know, Don Keller is an interesting story, you guys, too. He um, came from a different background uh, and only had been driving for a couple of years and actually was coming off of a shoulder injury from cranking Schneider trailers up when he would hook up to them and and uh, if anybody's cranked up a loaded trailer or an empty trailer where the gears are not working very well it's it's a tough deal and uh, so he he um, I really looked at him when we did our interview based on his personality and his skill you know was something that we needed to train up and stuff and but his personality was so warm and so kind and i'm like this guy's awesome and that's what he imparts to the to the new trainees and it's it's a wonderful thing great ambassador to jeff absolutely sure yeah yeah Yeah, i mean dave didn't he have a he's on he's retired from king supers he is yeah he grew up in trucking and farming and all of that and then he he was a career king supers manager worked mm -hmm. for king supers for like 30 years or something like that yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. to reinvent himself and i mean i know his grandkids get a 
kick out of the trucks and yeah, yeah i mean he's just yeah. he's just a pleasure i mean I've, I've never had a bad experience talking to don keller amazing human being yes, period absolutely End of story yeah yep. talk about second life and giving it back yeah, and this, you know, this isn't an easy job after retirement, I would say. You know, it's, you got to be dedicated. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not even close to retiring. It's not an easy job. <laughs> yeah. Um, it looked like January 25th, I sent out a uh, signature document uh, requesting family birthdays. Uh, we, we have some participation. This isn't mandatory again, but we want more participation. There's a lot of people that actually viewed it and didn't fill it out. Uh, I made about 10 phone calls yesterday, and most cases, they were just like, oh, yeah, I opened it, and then I forgot about it. So I sent out a reminder to everybody on that document. If you could get it filled out, this isn't for JFW. This is for your family. You know, I'm sure they would appreciate a gift on their birthday. It's just a nice thing that we could do for them. So please take the time today and fill it out. I will be making more phone calls today to, to get you involved. Again, I did talk to two drivers that weren't really excited about it, you know, for their own personal reasons. And, you know, that that's fine. One of them ended up filling it out anyway, you know, after I spoke to him and explained more what it is. But, you know, it's just a nice way to, to show gratitude to your family. Absolutely, Jam. We we talk about this family, this work family, and you know the drivers and all the driver support and you know the backbone of it. But there's another whole side to life, and you know, and and our and our our families and stuff. And those are the backbones of of all of us. You yeah. know, your wives, your family, your kids. You know, it's yeah, it's important to us, you guys. We. Our family dynamic is just like our work dynamic, meaning our work, we have two customers. We have our internal customers, meaning everyone that works here at JFW. We have our external customers that we have to please as well, you know, like the Brannons, the Ready Mix, the yada, yada, yada. The list goes on and on and on. Well, we have two families also. We have the JFW family and your personal family at home. We want to incorporate that in that personal family at home. This is our way to do it. Yeah, life doesn't stop at six o'clock you know right. that's kind of when life starts it's uh we got less hours to do it in but what happens here at work you know is at work and then we got to go home and serve our families we yeah. talked about that a, a few weeks ago don't don't yeah. bring them home scraps you know give them your best energy absolutely yeah and and just a little side note not to to be a downer on this you know but <laughs> we are talking about the kids though right younger kids yeah. not not the your older 20 40-year-old kids and stuff, you guys. Oh, I, just, yeah. I just I just want to mention we had some people put down their their adult children, right. and we were more talking about kids, you guys. And that's partly my fault. you got to be so careful when you make these bamboo announcements or you send something out because you're going to miss something, and I do it every time. So in the bamboo announcement, it said 18 years and under, but the document itself did not. So if you don't read your bamboo... But then you went to the document, you know, you had no idea. So, yeah. you know, I'm partially to blame there. But speaking of kids, um, you know, I already told you my wife had something going on last night. So I got to take my daughter to, you know, to dinner. And it was amazing. It's just crazy how fast they mature and, like, the things that they talk about. And, you know, there was some seven-year-old stuff mixed in there, too. <laughs> but, oh, my God, man, it was, it was just amazing. So spend time with your kids, everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. Big hugs. Yep. Yeah, and those are the memories that will last forever, Jim. I mean, you just telling me that story, 
you know, as parents and human beings, our job is to teach our children, you know, and to influence them and guide them in the right direction and, you know, give them some parameters and guardrails, let them make mistakes and fail and learn on their own and whatnot. And our son, it was so funny. I mean, you know, you spend your life, I don't want to use the term correcting, but I'd rather say educating, you know. So when you pronounce something wrong, you correct the pronunciation. And it was funny, man. Both my wife and I, we just never had the heart to change Anytime he would say the word animal, it was aminal. <laughs> I think he said aminal until he was probably 10 years old or one of his buddies or a teacher was finally like, you know, it's animal, not aminal, right? Like he would say it and I'm just like, I love you. You know, <laughs> it's just like my heart would melt. You uh, know, like I, I don't have it in me to correct you because that is just so cool to me. You right. know what I mean? It just, ah, uh, my heart went out to it. Yeah, Bella, she wanted to go someplace fancy, so I took her to Tokyo Joe's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Nice. Good, good place. Right? Yeah. So we get a Joe's roll, and she is just, like, amazed by how good the sushi is. <laughs> <laughs> she calls the, the sushi sushi. So yeah, it's yep. a cute one about Sam. Dave's son is also, when he was younger, any of us would ask him a question, you know, or how are you doing, Sam? And he... A lot of times he would go, and when he was a lot younger, he'd go, I can't know. I just can't know. And, you know, even to this day, me and Dave Dave will ask me a question, and I'll I'll look at him and go, I can't know, Dave. (laughs) You know, just, yeah, good good stuff about families. Oh, man, we could talk about that for hours, I'm sure. Right, right, yeah. One other thing I do want to talk about is what we're doing well, and we kind of touched on this. I think we're doing really well with our culture. You know, I've, I've felt there's times in the last almost four years that the culture hasn't been so hot, you know, out in the fleet. But, man, I think we're just killing it. Uh, the meeting with the new guys is going really well. Their feedback to us is just super positive. They're pretty excited about the way that they've been treated. So, once again, thank you, everybody, for, for doing it the JFW way and showing people who we really are. Yeah, I think the culture, when you run into those times where it seems low jam it's when we're we're tired you know it's that midsummer lots of hours different stuff like that and sometimes you forget your culture which is difficult and i do know you know shout out to super dave here and his his hiring techniques and who we're trying to bring in and our advertisement you know the the last four or five guys we've interviewed have been stellar the people we have with us are are rock stars and when you when you sit back a little bit, it does make you feel good, Jam, about our culture. And and then you know interviewing some of the new guys, um, you know one of the stories that that uh, I think Danny mentioned was uh, he was someplace or he was starting here out of the yard and he was getting in one of the Freightliners and he didn't even know the guy's name. Walked up to him and said, "Hey, have you ever driven one of the Freightliners?" and Danny was like, no. And he's like, oh, let me show you. There's a few things different. And, you know, he mentioned the cruise control. He mentioned the Jake brake. He mentioned all that. And right. when when I hear that, you guys, when we're interviewing, or, or really any one of us hear that, man, you guys, it makes me just joyous inside. It feels right. good. Like, ah, somebody cares. And, you know, maybe these podcasts are doing a, a good job. You know, maybe I hope so. everything we're doing is is makes our culture better. So, Thank you, guys, and, and thank you to everybody that's out there helping and, and, like you said, Jam, earlier, making the new guys feel welcome. I mean, where can you go and get another job where, where hopefully you feel more welcome than here? I mean, I, I want you to beat how we, 
how we make our new guys feel. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've had a few jobs where I definitely didn't feel welcome. And it's like, you got to prove yourself before people accept you. You know what I mean? And it's just not like that. Not here. We don't do that. Yeah. So it's good stuff. It's and, ongoing day to day work too, Jim. You know what I mean? To be basically boils down to being a better person, right? right. You know I mean? You have to involve yourself every day. You have to immerse yourself into having that culture and being that person. And I know a lot of times I'll just get busy mm. and and not be focused on that and then realize like, whoa, I got to snap out of this and right. talk to people and, you know, be a little more engaged when I'm, I'm just focused trying to get something done, you know, and somebody goes past the office and I don't lift my head or something. Right. And, you know, sometimes there's some nights I go home and go, ah, oh, I should have said something to that person or whatnot. So right. uh, definitely, I mean, it's always a challenge every day. And I think we all face that a little bit. You yeah. know, we can, it's that always wanting to be better type scenario. The hardest part of doing good is doing it every day. Yeah. yeah. Anybody be good for one day. Right. You know? Right. True, true. Yeah. So. Yeah. You, you mentioned that Jim and, and Danny mentioned it too. He's, he asked us in the meeting, you know, how do you guys do that? How, yeah. how are we doing that? And you just said, you know, when we go home, not to, you know, not to just bring scraps home. But I feel the same way when I walk in the door here in the morning. I can't just bring you guys scraps. Right. You know, I, I can't I can't do that. And, you know, you go home and I can't bring scraps to my family. And there's a lot of pressure out there, you guys. And, again, when you hear stories like this, that none of us are bringing scraps home or or to work it's right. it's impressive you guys yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a battle every day you know it's a fight and i don't mean an argument it's just yeah you gotta fight continuously to to make things happen and make them better and we and we joke you know it's it's the whole the low road or the high road right. you know it's a battle to be driving on that high road going home last night there was a guy that <laughs> he kind of cut us off and <laughs> I, I told dave last night i was like can i run up on his ass you know can i push him a little bit and dave calmly over there goes the high road jim you know <laughs> it's the high road he had like a, this angelical voice on you know and it's the Usa. it's the it, yeah it, yeah exactly it's the better road it's the oh. it's the higher road and then i said something smart ass back to him and we kept driving How's, how's the weather down there, Jim? <laughs> it was foggy, Jim. <laughs> you know what the high road is, right, you guys? It's where the view is unparalleled. Um, God, what was that? Uh, I just know the last part. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody waves at you with all their fingers. <laughs> right. Right? right? That's exactly what Dave Dave told me last night. Was like, How's the view? I, it is good. From not pushing the guy and not being an asshole, it was a good view. You know, it's funny though, we, you know, we talk about the, the culture and the entice if, of a new person coming here and never having this experience. And I guess I want to share, last night my son came home and he was super excited. Here several weeks ago, he had, he's uh, committed to Purdue uh, with a swimming scholarship. And the, the cool part when he came home last night, the head coach, when he went up there for an official visit, he just really liked him. The, the coach's name is Dan Ross, and, and he was just – he's an older guy, just a stellar human being. You're just around him, and you feel good. And it was announced yesterday that, that the head coach, he was named recipient of the Richard E. Stedman Award. And as a longtime head coach of Purdue's men's swimming and diving, 
Dan Ross helped bring a smile to the faces of students and athletes and staff members on a daily basis at the Morgan J. Burke Aquatic Center, and he won an award for that. And I guess my point to that is when we went up there for Sam's official visit, he just fell in love with the place. Mm. You know, and it's I guess that's the same culture or or feeling that we're trying to bring. Right. And I find it so so interesting that wow, we're trying to do that. Colleges are trying to do that. My I, I got to watch my son see that, mm-hmm. and and this guy's winning an award for it. So I mean, who knows? Maybe right. someday we'll win an award for something. You know, number one in my book. What do you guys think about this weather we face this week? Oh man, is it <laughs> is it is like. Just a tease for spring. Right. Did one of you guys say it hit 70 yesterday? I think yeah, so. 71, yeah. I think. Yeah, so uh, we're not completely in the clear yet weather-wise, but we are getting busier. Uh, with us getting busier, we uh, want to beef up our fleet a little bit. Just a reminder, we offer a $2,000 referral bonus. So if you, your wife, your cousin, your neighbor... Whoever, if they know a driver and they refer them here, on their 90th day of work, we'll give the person that referred them $2,000. So that could be a nice little part-time job for somebody just referring drivers over here. Absolutely. Yeah, you're spot on, Jam. And again, just to talk about Danny some more because we just spoke with him yesterday. (laughs) But we mentioned that to Danny and we mentioned that his wife could get that bonus too. And he's like, my wife can get it too? We're like, absolutely. So don't forget that, you guys. If... If your wife knows somebody, your cousin knows somebody, your your neighbor knows somebody, it's it's out there. It's on the table. Yeah, Paco, if your wife Lauren knows somebody, there's 2K in her pocket, man. <laughs> She's not going to share, but there's 2K in her pocket. Tell them to write her name down when they fill out the application. That's all they got to do. That's write it. a name down. Bringing the Marshall Fire back up, we had something interesting happen this week. Was it this week? Maybe last week. Just into last week. Yeah, guy walked in, you know, kind of, I guess you would call it a cold call. Guy was from Florida. Company's name was Centera Logistics or something like that. But they won a bid to do the remediation for the Marshall Fire. So it sounds like that's something we picked up. Is that is that right, guys? Yeah, that's what we understood. I know we're doing a bunch of paperwork and there's there's some stuff because it's a FEMA backed job and it is a company out of Florida. But yeah, they're they're gonna want trucks and we're gonna start helping that. Uh, company, uh, like you said, uh, remediation up there, you know, by hauling dirt off, trash off, whatever the whatever damages the fire has made. Right. Sounds like a six-month gig is what Linda was saying. Yep. So, uh, Linda also mentioned that the golf courses are starting to wake up. So uh, we wanted to talk about procedures, cleanliness, and professionalism. Super Dave, you've delivered a lot of golf courses in your time. You got any... I have advice. It's kind of funny when we first started doing it, I don't know how many years ago, we were um, subcontracting to the company that had the contract. And we got to do these really cool runs up to like Aspen and Vail and these beautiful, you know, steamboat and Telluride and stuff. And and I thought, you know, I'm going to play golf on every course that I deliver to. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that didn't happen <laughs> ship sailed didn't it Dave? it sure did i think i'd have to golf at 200 courses if i did you know right because that it was a we good do, thought we deliver a lot of courses is the problem well, that's that what i mean yeah play, way right? more than i can right. play yeah right yeah 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 but it's so important though on that line um you don't understand how specific these materials are that we haul 
they are they are specialized down to the grain of sand i mean literally the percentages of of compost mixture the um the specifications involved these are all usga um sanctioned materials that are pretty high dollar too as a matter of fact and uh i mean originally you think ah you know i was just hauling concrete sand what's the difference between athletic sand and concrete sand or or ultra fine uh sand versus fine sand and then you go to this multi-million dollar country club in aspen okay and you just drove four hours to get there and and you back into where they're directing you and there's this golf professional standing there who has gone and probably gotten a master's degree in in um, horticulture is it horticulture dave yeah there's there's more to it but yeah yeah right so i mean he is an expert anyway um, he's standing right at your tailgate as you're dumping your load out, and you just drove four hours to get there. It's a $2,000 load, and he finds a piece of squeegee in it or a piece of three-quarter inch rock because you didn't clean out underneath your liner, and it just falls out at the yeah, end. some fry rock or something. Right. Oh, well, that doesn't matter. Do, do you want to be that guy? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And you really don't because when that happens, just that one piece of material that is not part of the load he will refuse the whole entire load Mm. and i'll tell you right now golf courses don't have 950 cats that can reload that material into your trailer they have little tractors yeah they're little john deere right right? exactly a little bucket attachment on the front guess what we've got a loaded loader onto our low boy and drive it four hours to aspen load that material back into usually another truck and trailer that has to follow the low boy up there and it's a it's a big deal guys we have to be spotless clean not only in the trailer but under your liner as well yeah we probably have some guys here, Dave, that have never golfed or gals that have never golfed. And there's this uh, misconception, I think, you know, we hauled sand for years to the golf courses. And I just associated sand with the sand on the golf course that you see, the bunkers. 99% of the sand we haul never goes in a sand bunker. 99% of the sand we haul gets literally spread out on the greens. Mm-hmm. And what that is is the area where the golf ball lands and goes in the hole. Yep. That's the green. Top dressing. Or, exactly. Or the fairway that approaches the green. That the area there on the green, they literally punch holes in that green and pull out finger-sized pieces, millions of them, with their tines, remove that, then they spread the sand out, and they literally take, I've watched them do it a dozen times, they literally take a golf cart and pull a drag as they're dumping sand on that green, going in circles and filling all the holes. And what that does is, this sounds like an oxymoron, but it loosens and hardens that surface at the same time, allows it so they can grow three-eighths-inch tall grass, that's special grass. And, yeah, you can't have a piece of rock in that load. Right. Because they're filling finger size holes and and it's scrutinized with a fine tooth comb. It's like you said, Dave, there's not an operator sitting in a nine eighty cat getting ready to push it in a grizzly. Right? <laughs> it's not this these mass loads of usage. You know, it might be fifty tons or a hundred tons, but it's scrutinized every every shovel full at a time. So sure it's very important for that load to be so clean. Yeah. yeah, guys, and you know how we learned that? Um, because we've replaced mower decks. I don't know if anybody's ever watched golf on TV or been someplace or 
even at the big park when there's this big mower with six or seven heads on it is what they call it with the the mower blades just mowing along and like Dave said when you're mowing that piece of carpet there that lawn carpet at uh, three-eighths of an inch and you hit a piece of squeegee or uh, pea gravel or three-quarter rock and uh, it wrecks the mower deck I think the last one uh, the last mower head we replaced was eighteen hundred dollars if I remember right um, because it dulls the blade or it bends them and it ruins the deck and has to be or the the head ruins that so yeah just a lesson I mean Everything you guys do, it seems like, hey, it's just a load of rock. It's just a load of sand. You guys are, you guys are the bottom of what happens all through the day or all through the project. You know, you're that start of that sand that becomes a bridge deck. You're the start of that load that becomes the growth of grass that another person is mowing and then wanting to play a game on and enjoy themselves. You guys are so important to what so many people do and you're the start of everything so you know please please be professional is is the word i guess yeah i mean that that's such a great way to put that jim they're the the start of the load of salt to de-ice our highways they're the start of that that load that goes in like the bridge deck like you said the asphalt to the roads we deliver the god everything when you look at it that way i mean what we touch what everyone touches that are delivering those loads, we just get in our heads. There's this big bulk delivery, and there's mass amounts of it. But what the end product is is incredible. Yeah, as, as you're talking, Dave, uh, foundation. We're the we're the you guys are the foundation of when things start, and it may take a lot to make that foundation, but we are the foundation of so much of what Colorado sits on, drives on, works on, all the all that stuff. Yeah. And just bringing it back to the creed, I mean, creating honest value, you know, cleaning out properly to make sure that we're giving the people what they want and right. nothing extra. Right. Uh, I know we mentioned cleaning out under the liner, but clean out your Z-tracks as well. Some of those Z-tracks have pretty big gaps in it, and it's easy for three-quarter rock to get stuck in there, but it's also easy to vibrate out <laughs> yeah. going down the yeah. road. So Absolutely. Yeah. And I know, Super Dave, you were talking about the – you know, we talked about spring. We talked about the golf courses waking up. We got some more snow coming. We probably got some rain coming up in the next, you know, 30 days into April and stuff. And I was just sitting here thinking, you guys, and, and the last course I think I, I, I was driving or I, I had problems on is me and Super Dave, Dave was down south at Blackstone Golf Course, and they were just building it. And uh, it had just rained or snowed, and... We made it partially in, and there's this big puddle out in front of us. And I and I know we sent a bamboo out, and JR's talked about it, and I think Jam said something. And you know we've had people pull off to the side of the road. We mentioned that, and both me and Super Dave stop, and we got our loads on. You know, golf course sand needs to get up to the to the fairway where they're building it, and there's this big puddle in front of us. And Super Dave looks at me and goes, "I'm not driving through that," and I'm like. I can make it, Dave. I can make it. You know, I, you know, I, I'm the boss. We can, we can get through that. Ooh, ooh, ooh. You know, we'll, we'll get it done. And yeah, I made it about halfway through the, through the, the mud puddle and spun out. <laughs> Dave looked at me and goes, "Now what are you gonna do?" <laughs> I remember that, Jim. <laughs> and uh, believe it or not, a long time I, ago, a long time ago, but. I was able to back out of it, luckily, you guys, by doing a lot of spinning and, you know, not not what we should be doing. So 
on top of all that, this time of year, you guys be careful. You know, just don't go off road and, you know, don't. I know I, we, we like to put on our superhero capes and go, I can do it. But I, I think you bent your bumper in that puddle, Jim. <laughs> well, <laughs> was that, that another was, time? That was the same golf course. <laughs> I know it was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one because leaving the job, I fell in a hole. I didn't see it driving out because you're literally driving when you're building a golf course. You're driving you're through the off course, road. right? You're yeah. off road, Super Dave, and and it was a it was a hole for a sprinkler head, and I fell in it, you know, about knocked me out of the seat, you know, the whole bit. I, I remember it, Dave, and I got up on I think Parker Road was the top of it. We were coming out, yeah, on, it was off one, Parker Road, yeah, right, and mm-hmm. and I got out on the road, and it was about I don't know ten fifteen minutes later, and I'm like, oh my god, I bent my bumper. I know I bent my bumper. I just, I knew it fell that far in the hole. I was like, I bent my bumper. And I pulled over and yeah, sure enough, man, folded it, folded it back mm-hmm. in the tire. And you're just so deflated when you're trying so hard and you, yeah. and you miss that stuff. You know, and it's, it happens to everybody, right? Right. It's, yeah. You know, when something like that happens, you can't be, you can't beat yourself up about it too bad. I mean, yes, you can say, God dang it, I knew I shouldn't have like driven over that far or something like that. But things happen when you're out there and you're working and building things. I mean, it's just part of life. Uh, right. Brother right. Dave probably so, smelt it. One yeah. thing I, I wanted to ask, I want to get back to the grass. And Brother Dave, maybe you can answer this because you did the fertilizing and talked to these greenskeepers so much. But um, have you ever wondered when you're putting, Jim, we've golfed together. How the hell does that grass stay green and it's only like an eighth of an inch tall? It's special grass. It, you it, cut it, your it, lawn that low and it's going to be brown and it'll die. <laughs> right, because right, it's not the correct grass. The, the fescue and the, the seed they put in there and everything that they use to grow that, 100% special grass. I yeah. forget the name of it. I could, I'm sure I could look it up. I, I looked up why we've been talking here. There's over 300 golf courses in Colorado. Wow. Over, Is that right? Over 16 alone just in the city of Denver. Just Denver alone has 16 golf courses, so then over 300 in Colorado. So, yeah, you'd have to play a course a weekend for several I, I, years to get those bases I bet covered. I we've delivered to 200 of them. I, I mean, at least. Oh, yeah. yeah over time. Yeah, yeah. I would say so. Yeah. Some amazing facilities. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and you, you, you talk about that bumper, Dave, and that, you know, it happens to the best of us, you know. Being the boss, you can't come back to the yard with a bent bumper. Man, it's 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 a hit to the old pride. That can't happen, right? Yeah. That's the reason you remember it, because it happened to me. <laughs> we, we were together that day. And it uh, was not a good day. No, I, I, that course was, it was a bit of a struggle. I mean, it was on that hillside. and Yeah. And you know what's weird, too? They, they, there wasn't anything around there. It was out in the middle of nowhere. And if you go there now, it is completely surrounded by houses. There's yep. not one bit of open space around it. Yeah, I've been out there. I didn't even recognize where I was at. Yeah. Dave. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know what's amazing about those stories, though, is these are the things we can share. And if we, as drivers 30 years ago or 20 years ago, had the support that our drivers have now, right? would that have happened? You know what I mean? Would Would we have sent someone out to the job site prior? Would... JR or Scooby or Pat been available to help or you know what I mean that we have so many more tools available Mm -hmm. to us now I feel we're so much better at that but you know the industry as a whole has become better also you know of where we can go where they don't want trucks you know because they've learned along the way as well so yeah it's all all great stuff man resources to build that foundation yep 
if you guys do get a chance to go to to a golf course now that we scared you about making those deliveries uh it's just so nice it's a little weird too i remember going out to snowmass you know you're driving four hours you get there and then you're empty in two minutes and you're like Oh, it's guess. almost a letdown, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, it's like that was anticlimactic. That was it. <laughs> you know? They say it's the journey, not the destination. <laughs> they, they are completely right on that. So, uh, what else we got going on? We got uh, more rail cars coming in with red and blue salt. So, the winter isn't quite over, but also everyone's replenishing their stockpiles. So, yeah, we've you know, had a stretch of weather. They've used a lot of salt the last few weeks. Yeah, yeah finally. You know, right? It, yeah. it just makes me laugh, you know, talk about American. We bring blue salt in. We bring red salt in from Utah. <laughs> and we're white. bringing white salt in from Kansas. <laughs> is, is that all American or what? Huh? JFW. <laughs> uh, the warmer temps do also mean that the plants will be opening earlier. So these later start times are going to be a thing of the past soon. I mean, you, you could expect the 5 a.m. start time pretty much every day once it starts until, until the winter, until next winter. So got that coming up. And then uh, we got some night pours actually going this week. I can't remember if Linda said they start tonight or tomorrow night, but Plant Two's got night pours, so that'll sure. that'll keep us a little busier as well. Probably a good week to slip them in with the weather. Yeah, you know, we mm-hmm. talked about that when we when we start to slow up that the weather affects that stuff. All this talk about good weather, we do have some potential snow coming this weekend cuss words man cuss words <laughs> yeah two inches of snow coming in saturday and sunday right? welcome, welcome to, to colorado, colorado. <laughs> <laughs> but i think after this storm we're probably going to be working every saturday according to what linda has planned so just pay attention to your saturday schedules don't assume that we're not working and make plans and not be able to fulfill your duties here yeah absolutely you guys buckle not to scare you but we might need to buckle up. <laughs> Strap your boots on. Yep. I just want to, you know, clarify that on the golf loads, it's not just golf. Yeah. Every load is that important. Doesn't necessarily have to be that clean as in a golf load, right? right? But you can't haul salt, right? And then go to Coors and have a thousand pounds of salt stuck in the nose that you're going to dump out and we're going to feed cows a thousand pounds of salt along with the grain and you know we've just you we've, know they don't eat salt they just lick it <laughs> <laughs> with all the different colors i wonder if there would be like red white and blue patties out there yeah that's funny is that why they call it a salt lick <laughs> it is <laughs> well, now they'll start uh, checking the cows for uh Hardening arteries and salt and yeah. all that other stuff. Yeah. High blood pressure. No yeah. more salt for you. That cow's got high cholesterol. <laughs> <laughs> they must when you eat all that red meat. It raises right. your cholesterol, right? I thought that raises your mad cow disease. Man, talk about the foundation. Now we're causing the cows to do that and people are eating it. Anyway, that's not what we do. <laughs> that's just our expressed opinion. Yes. <laughs> Hey, hey, and reverse that. No no grain back in the concrete. Yeah. You don't want a big yeah. bunch of finishers yeah. finishing the concrete, and here's a big patch of grain that pops up. Yeah. So That's not yeah. fiber. Yeah, it's, it's important, yeah. you guys. Yeah. yeah, I just, how do you emphasize that enough, you know, that we can't cross-contaminate that stuff? You know, it's just, it is just uber sensitive. I mean, you learn that in training. I don't think there's a trainer here that doesn't tell our guys that you got to sweep out in between loads or what loads you need to have to do it with. So to me, that just comes down to the will to do it. 
you know, and I don't want to go down on the low road because we have a lot of positivity this week. But if you're not sweeping out on contaminated lows, that's that's just being lazy. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you talk about the, the low road and, and, you know, back to pride, not to get on that subject. But what we just talked about, about being that foundation is we're trying to express to you guys how important your job is. It is just not a load of sand. It's the mm-hmm. foundation of people's futures, you guys. And yeah. not contaminating is important. Moving on to the safety topic, uh, we had a fuel spill yesterday. Anybody want to address that? Anyone passionate about fuel spilling here? Uh, it cost a lot of money, Jam. I could yeah. I, I could go that way because it's just a waste out on the ground, right? Yeah. I mean, it's we got our quote last night for fuel bulk, not what you guys are seeing at the at the pumps, but it was three fifty eight a gallon last night. That's up twenty cents in one day with the stuff going on in Ukraine. So. You know that's important. There is is just that, not the, not the whole fact, the spilling, cleanup, all that stuff. Brother yeah. Dave, you're looking at me like you. I'm just sitting here, man, struggling to be kind and polite and say the right words and not be political because of the choices some of our leaders have made to buy Russian oil when we were <laughs> energy independent and whatnot. But I, but I'm not going to go there. Oh, did I go there? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just. It's crazy, you guys. When you're fueling, that's all you should be doing. You fuel, period. You're not doing anything else. You're standing at the nozzle. That's where it belongs. You're not in going to the bathroom. You're not out checking a tire. You're not in looking for a mechanic. You're not tipping your hood. You're standing at the nozzle. We have had so many spills over the years. And yeah, this is just like the speeding thing to me, I guess. It's it's mind-boggling. And it's, you know, 99.9% of the time, you know, they helped throw dirt on it, but we're the ones that have cleaned it up. You Not know? last night. <laughs> Not last night? No. Well, good. Thank yeah, you. I, uh, Yeah. I mean, I just, I'm kind of fed up with it and I wasn't going to go home smelling like diesel because somebody couldn't stand next to their pump. Uh-huh. So, I mean, I helped them throw dirt on it, but when, when the driver came in, he's like, do I need to clean that up tonight? I'm like, yes, you do. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Not to beat up on the driver. It's not like it wasn't an accident. He was there at the truck doing something on the trailer, right? He was at the back of the, of the trailer, you know, but that, that's not the procedure. And we do this for a certain reason. And, and you know, again, it's, it's a rule that's important because this stuff happens. I, I, I just have to quickly touch on it. You guys, um, we talked about the power lines last week and, uh, you know, we talk about all this stuff and it all has money associated with it. You know, just so you guys know, luckily we didn't hurt anybody at the power line. We didn't, you know, basically kill anybody. You know, we our whole safety crew is out there correcting the deal. What's the name of the, the power company? Sturgeon. Sturgeon, you know, electric. They were able to come out in an emergency and fix it, you guys. But it was $2,700 to put wow. that line back up. And... That's just all out of your guys' pockets. You know, we have all these programs. We try to help with all this stuff. And the money that you cost, because we're a a family and we do this together, that was $2,700 out of your guys' pockets also. Uh, Yeah, the fuel thing, I mean, there's just just no reason not to be there. You know, I mean, we've we've talked about it. We've bambooed it. People have been trained on that. And it's just guy or girl wanting to take a shortcut and speed up their process but post trip your truck in a spot pre-trip it in your spot grab your floor mats in its spot and bring them to the wash bay you don't have to do anything 
in the fuel aisle except for fuel. Dave, you said it perfect. There's nothing more important going on than what you're doing right then when you're fueling. You know, everything else could wait. Yeah. So. Yeah, and you just mentioned it, Jam. We talk about it all the time. Speeding up your processes. Having to throw dirt on that and clean that up did not speed up the processes. You know, not checking your axles, not checking your gross weight, just cruising into the port overweight did not speed up your process. You're going to be there a lot longer than it would have taken you to trim that load. Yeah. Jobber said there was about 10 gallons on the ground. It's so hard to tell. I mean, five gallons probably looks like 50. If it was 10, I mean, it it was just, we ought to put a lot of dirt down. Uh, So, yeah. Well, thanks for helping us clean, get that done, Jam. I didn't know about it. So yeah, gladly come out and help throw dirt on it and yeah. get it cleaned up. It's all good. Yeah, and the same thing goes for Shoko, uh, you guys. You know, even we may – I'm sure there's some spills over there that we haven't heard about, and they just clean it up, and that's not bringing good value to Shoko if you guys have a spill. Stay at your trucks there too, you guys. Driver, I will say, is remorseful, and he did clean it up, and, you know, let's move on. So Yeah. Uh, questions from the audience. You know, yesterday I was trying to put an outline together, and you know they just get tough to come up with sometimes. So, you know, I asked Linda, but I also walked in the shop. Ricky DeLeon asked, uh, "What programs can we create for the mechanics?" You know, for, he gave two examples of boot programs or bonuses, and I get it. You know, we are so driver focused, and we have you know everything is kind of geared to other drivers, but. We are making some moves to make it more inclusive. And what do you guys think about that? Yeah, it's definitely all stuff we need to look at, Jim, and, and incorporate them into into part of everything. You know, some of that stuff, we already do existing programs, any of the... <laughs> so we have a lot of damaged aluminum around here, mm. right, that gets created from accidents or incidents. Right. And we save all of that, and then we'll take a scrap load in at least get money for the damaged uh, items and whatnot. And uh, we take that and we buy dinner for the mechanics. Now, Ricky is in a day mechanic position. And as far as I know, we're doing that for the night mechanics because we have such trouble uh, touching them, right? Mm-hmm. We're, we're here during the day, not really during the night. We see them when we're getting ready to leave the last two to three hours of the day. But unless we're out in the shop, we, we're not with them as such. So... We do that program already. Uh, Ricky falls in that that day program scenario, so we need to come up with something. To, you know, the boot program would be a good idea. That'd be be awesome. The the bonus program for for them. You know, I would love to see something set up on that. Okay, I mean, maybe I'll put pen to paper and see if I can't come up with a couple of ideas to run past the steering committee. Yeah, and we, again, Jam, it, it's it's. We try to throw it out here. It's not just up to you. I mean, you're always innovative on your ideas, you know, but we ask questions from the audience. We ask for participation. We've asked for ideas, and this is great. This is doing this, but you guys are in the trenches doing it, so if you have other ideas, let us know. Let's talk about it. We need need the participation from all you guys, too. Yeah, Ricky was so humble to to even bring that up. He was like, well, you know, I I do have ideas, but... I don't know if I should ask, and yeah. you know, I don't want to step on toes. Or, but it's know. a great idea. People yeah. are afraid. You know, they have ideas, but they kind of just don't want to speak up. And everybody should speak up. Yeah, you know, and that culture again. 
you know that that's someplace else they've worked hopefully that's their culture that's that's not our culture and and we have to keep expressing that that's not our culture you know I, I will go downstairs now and you know laugh at Ricky like what the hell were you doing coming up with this idea <laughs> just, just just to give him a hard time hey Ricky no I'm kidding man absolutely and you guys should all feel comfortable to to come up and and speak to any one of us and you know positive ideas we need that and and not with an attitude and and not complaining about it but positive yeah. attitudes make positive changes yep there's a saying and it says you know leaders who don't listen will eventually be surrounded by people that don't speak you know what i mean so wow. yeah they could be scorned or you know maybe they don't feel heard or maybe they've said something and they they felt dismissed somewhere or you know who, who knows but yeah it's important to get your ideas and it's important for us to to hear them that not that, you know, if you say, hey, we should do this, not everything's going to get implemented. I know that for a fact. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, you could come up with a thousand ideas and one of them is actually one that, I don't even want to say a good one, but one that will work, you know? So just keep throwing the ideas. Don't get discouraged if one of your ideas isn't, you know, adopted because the next one might be a home run, you know? It's very true, Jim. I mean, you might come up with 30 ideas, but even if just one of them is is picked up and and taken to heart or run with or whatever, that's a win. That is a yeah. win. Yeah. 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 You know. So many of those things are are great ideas, but we're saddled with the efforts of trying to implement it. Right. What What's the criteria? What is, you know, what would be the basis of it? And then you spend endless amounts of time trying to put it together. It would be amazing if the whole plan was brought to us. You know what I mean? Where we don't have to do anything other than look at the the proposal. It's almost like a business proposal. Hey, I came up with this idea. What do you think of this? And it's all laid out, and all we have to do is go. Oh, that's a great freaking idea. Let's do it. <laughs> right. As as to where it's now, it's almost weight added to our shoulders as far as well. That's a good idea. We have to figure out how to do it. Right. You know what I mean? That and those are those are issues that we run into a lot. You know, and I, I I'm. I'm sure I'm not coming across as positive as I should be when I love the ideas, but we're busy as well, you right. know? So we don't just have extra people that are available to be saddled with, well, how do we do that, right? You know what I mean? And we're already saddled with with so much that we need to keep everything moving, all of us, you know? I mean, we're all, the things we we cover and accomplish on a daily basis is an amazing amount. Right. You know, I'm, I, it's like, we show up here at five, and the next thing I know, it's six, and it's time to go home. That's six p.m. Right? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Yeah. I tell my wife, I love one hour a day. Dude. Yeah, I love my job. We half only work day. half a day. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, you say it all the time, brother Dave. You know, don't don't bring problems without solutions. So, when somebody has an idea, I'm just trying to understand, make sure I'm hearing this right. So, okay, your idea is to solve a problem, but let's get the full solution. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I didn't want to use those words, Jam, because I didn't want to make it sound negative. And not that you sounded negative, but yes, don't bring me a problem if you don't have a solution. Right. right? That, that's yeah. we've got so many problems we're saddled with on a daily basis. Or take it as far as you can. And to me, yeah. that's just you know we could start getting into a leadership talk, but that's that's a sign of good leadership or you right. becoming a leader. Okay. Hey, you know, let's do. And this isn't directed at Ricky, but you know. Let's look into a boot program versus I've looked into a boot program. Or right. Can we do this? So, yes. Here, yeah. yeah. Sorry, Jen. Here's, here's the, what here's I found. Here's the cost. Here's yeah. the brand. Here's the sizes. All that kind of stuff. And I 
listen to you guys talk, I, I have to brag a little bit, you guys. My, you know, I mentioned it several times. My oldest daughter, Danielle, is a labor and delivery nurse in Greeley at the at the Banner Hospital up there, and and they handle a really diverse culture of lower income uh, people that that because they live in in Greeley, that's a, a little cheaper place to live, you know. And I'm not I'm not trying to bash anybody. Um, and a lot of the people that that hospital serves works for JBS. And uh, she wrote a letter to JBS asking them for funding for her department, for her labor and delivery, to bring it up to the standards of today's technology. And um, JBS answered her letter with, yes, let's partner. You know, a lot of the people you serve work for us, and we need to be part of this and be part of Banner. And uh, uh, kudos to her, and this is what we're talking about, you guys, is they were like, oh, do you want to start a clinic? Oh, do you want to do this? Oh, do you want to do that? And she was like, no, absolutely not. She goes, we need beds, we need instruments, we need machines. And she took the time and she goes, I've contacted the manufacturers. Here's the beds we'd like. Here's the cost of the beds. Here's the brand of the beds. Here's the delivery time of the beds. Here's the delivery time of the monitors. and." This is the example, you guys, and, and definitely not against Ricky, but Ricky, what kind of boots you want? What's the cost of the boots? What brand of the boots? What are the arch supports? What are the laces of the boots? What's the sole of the boot made for? Are they steel toe boots? Are they leather boots? Are they waterproof? Because when we look at a situation, Ricky, and when we look at a problem, you guys, we have to look at every aspect of that shoe, not I just want a boot. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I just—I mean, you guys don't realize what it takes to buy a truck to buy. You know, did you guys just think of all that on a boot, or did you just think you were going to get a boot? Because the laces are important. The holes that the laces go through are important. The uppers of the boot are important. I just—I can't—I can't. It's a passion of having the best thing here and thinking of every problem. I'm excited to see what Ricky finds out. Because, <laughs> Me too. Because I feel like we, I feel like we could have, a, from what I'm hearing, is we could have a boot cramp, boot program, put yeah. it together. Yeah. But but bring it yeah. right. Bring awesome. us a solution. Yeah. So yeah. Awesome. That's... Ricky, I'll get I'll get with you later and give you I give you I give you a pep talk. <laughs> Let's make and, it happen. And sorry, Ricky, man, this is a good thing. Yeah. This is good because you started something that matters. Ricky, I go through this all the time, just so you know. <laughs> uh, oh, good stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, good problems to have. And it, and it we love you guys, man. We want it we want everything to be the best. Yep. This is a little bit safer. Uh Chris England asks. <laughs> <laughs> what are some man, of the- <laughs> I, wait a minute, wait a minute. I gotta clarify that. A hundred percent, Ricky is not in trouble. No, no. I don't. you know I what I mean. Know. But those are the things that that seriously, we get questions every day. Every day, it might be one, it might be ten. Why don't you do this? Why don't you do this? Right. Why don't you do this? You know, and it's like, ah, uh, it, it. You know, clearly, you can tell by Jim's passion. We take it to heart, right? We we want to do that, but we need help. We need help doing that. You know, we've tried to surround ourselves with people that can help us with that and not saddle us with more problems, more questions, more issues to handle things. And like Jim explained what, what his daughter Danielle did, 
she took a leadership role, even though she's not in a leader position, saw a problem, created a solution, went to people with it, and it's being resolved. You know, it's being created. Right. And that's, ah, that is like a win, win, win. Did I mention win? Huh. I mean, I, wow. I wonder where she gets that from. <laughs> <laughs> and does she want a job at JFW? <laughs> uh, yeah, you're, you're not proud at all, are you? I, I yeah. am very proud. And, and just to bounce a little more off of that, it's because she's so frustrated. The reason she wrote the letter to begin with huh. is she is so frustrated because she has no leaders. Mm. I mean, her, her supervisor, her next supervisor, they have day shift and night shift nurses. Her day shift supervisor over both shifts have never shown up, and ta- I think I mentioned it, and talked to the night shift nurses. Huh. And, I mean, that would be like, I know I mentioned it in the, one of the <laughs> podcasts, us not seeing any of the night mechanics. Right. You know, and, and how sad. You know, I, I feel sad for her. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Chris Singlin asks, what are some of the things we've helped build in Colorado? I-70, I-25, I-225. <laughs> we, we, you know, I-270. I, I got to throw this out there. We've been talking about grass today, and this is my experience. And, Chris, you can get a little bit of an idea from this. But um, we used to have a guy that worked here by the name of Ron Trimble. You mentioned him, I think, last week. And he was a mentor of mine because I didn't know what I was doing. And he, he was a trucker and really had a ton of experience and stuff. But Ron and I delivered the two very first loads of pipe bedding to Coors Field. When we showed up, it was the last load of the day. And it was just, I don't know if it, it was like planned that way or whether we just kind of were filling in. But um, it was the last load of the day. The sun was setting and we dumped these two loads of squeegee in the middle of an empty field. We had no idea, right? It was a field, and we dumped that, that squeegee out there. Well, I don't know, 20 years later or whatever, I was lucky enough to be the Coors delivery guy that would go to Coors Field and back my truck and trailer onto the field and dump my sand, my infield mix, my mound mix, and everything. And I stood inside that stadium and looked around, and I thought, holy crap, this is Coors Field. And I delivered the very first load for the infrastructure for that yeah. for that property, yeah. it was it was really cool, right? Is that is that not a badge, Dave? I mean, we, Chris, before we started, or or listeners before we started this, you know, and I know we put the little disclaimer in there, and and Chris, you ask, you know, again, what uh, have we helped build in Colorado, and and. I got to say, fucking everything. <laughs> you know, I, I just, it makes me, <laughs> it makes me so proud, you guys, that that we've delivered that. And every one of you probably have a story like that or the load you dumped at one of the plants, you knew where it was going, you know, the, the Lowe's, the Home Depot's, uh, the story Dave just told. You know, me and Dave, we personally built most of the foundation of Blackstone Golf Course. If you guys ever go to DIA, um, the lower level of DIA parking structures, east side and west side, they're all paved underneath. They're not concrete. It's asphalt on the very lower level. Okay, Me and one other driver here, Paul Lanzini, that used to work here, delivered every load. Shout out, Paul. Yeah, Paul, are you listening? Every load of asphalt. You guys are walking on every load that I delivered to the bottom of that structure. Wow. And and one of the mistakes was that they built all the structure 
and they never did anything with the dirt underneath the the levels of concrete. It was Talk just about a faux pas, right? right? It was like somebody walked Don't. in one day and was like, uh, how, "How do we pave this?" <laughs> exactly. So the company we work for, they're still in business. Cassie over here by the refineries, they took their little single axle tandems, cut the beds in half. We we brought them. Uh, asphalt as fast as we could because it had to be at a certain temperature because it's a federal airport, right? And they would load our loads of asphalt on a, a bed cut in half on a single axle and run it underneath and pave it as fast as they could. Jam, and, your, your expression on the beds cut in half, do you know why the beds are cut in half? They used single axle dump trucks because they had the smallest bed to begin with. Uh, and they didn't quite cut them in half, but where the headache rack goes... Mm-hmm. They cut the headache rack off at an angle, so when they raised the bed under the second story, it was flush with the second story ceiling wow. or roof, and they could haul as much as they could, which was probably six tons, eight tons, yeah, maybe at, nine at if mo- they crowded yeah. it full, yeah. right, at a yeah. time. Yeah, right. So they're, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just talk yeah. about facing and overcoming, like right, like, yeah, uh, right, the, yeah, yeah. Here's a problem and here's a solution, right, and, and and got it done. So that you know, that's one of my stories on on that I'm proud of, and you know, I know Super Dave's got a lot more than I do of of new projects and golf courses. You know, you know, Dave here when we were delivering to the West Plant, we did so many when it was Owens Brothers, we did so many bridge decks that were that were their night pours that. You know, our materials in, right, Dave? I'm yeah, in. I mean, so many people don't know we hauled Plant 11 before I-76 was complete. Yeah. You know what I mean? We used to go to Plant 11 via the Boulder Turnpike. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how many times I've been down Pecos through the school zone? Oh, my God. Russ Murphy, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, guys. Trained and, you on that, brother. Yeah, and, and you know, DIA, uh, you know, uh, Stapleton Airport, when they did the runway project that was an addition before they closed it, we hauled all of that material in there. You know, we've hauled uh, dried sand from city and county of Denver asphalt plant to um, D- or to Stapleton that was put on the runways. That was some of the first sand that was hauled that was dried. Mm-hmm. You know, all, all sorts of projects. Chris, it, it's a great... Great question, but we have so much pride in in us building Colorado. You guys, you all of you guys that are that have been here one or two years, you guys just hauled on the Gap project in in Castle Rock. You built all of I twenty five. 22 miles of it. 22 miles, right, right? Super Dave? And That's crazy. How can you not be proud of that? How can you not have your wife or your kids in the car and cruise down that road and go, see that right there? That's my material that built this. Yep. Without me, they couldn't build this. This is, you are not truck drivers. You guys are pioneers, man. That That's the truth. I mean, you know, you're talking about Coors Field, Dave. I mean, we deliver the Rasm Red for the infield when the, when the Rockies play, right? Yeah. That Rasm Red is named after Mark Rasm. Mark Rasm. Mark Rasm yep. He's he's the the manager of the field for Coors, and it just, I mean, everything. If if we weren't on site, we delivered to like Brandon that created it. You know, whether anyone knows it or not, Brandon paved the Eisenhower tunnels last year. That was all the material we hauled in, right? All of the concrete structures we not only delivered on site to DIA. If you've ever ridden in one of the trains. We were dumping the rock and sand for the concrete company that was building the tunnels for the trains on site. 
I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of cubic yards of concrete were poured out there. I mean, there were there were at balance. one point like four yeah, how, massive how, concrete plants mm-hmm. on site. It, yeah. it was an it was an incredible undertaking of what went on out there. You know, our our grandfather and father helped build the first portion of the elevated I seventy, not only on site but delivering to contractors that were building it, that were creating the concrete and the asphalt for it. Uh, I I just the Pepsi Center, Mile High Stadium, fast it, tracks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if we weren't the on site, center, we yeah, on that one. Yeah, the yeah. Denver Library, the. Oh yeah, I remember that one. <laughs> <laughs> we, we helped dig the hole so they could put the foundation uh-huh. in and, and helped supply product going in. And, I blew and again, up the rear end on that one. <laughs> How about the guys but, in the plastic suits? And then we crawled around in the I load. I know. Yeah. How come they have suits on? I don't know. Knock that dirt off. You gotta go. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we were just everywhere. And again, I can't emphasize enough. We were either on site or providing to the, the the foundation, as Jim says, to build what was created there. You know, we delivered to the old Stapleton Airport. Shoot, we used to do the snow removal on top of Stapleton, the parking area. If anybody's around long enough, the ramps that used to go up to Stapleton, we drove tandems up. We had to cut the stacks off. We couldn't have tall stacks on our tandems so we could get under the, the I don't know, bridge pieces, the height restriction to get up to the top level, and we would clear all the snow up there all winter long. So wow. I just, yeah, crazy stuff, you guys. I mean. What it, if somebody asked you to cut stacks off today? Would you cut them? Absolutely. Yeah? Whatever we need to do, Jam. Nice. I mean, that's yeah. that's part of taking care of your customer, right? Yeah. Would we be happy about it? <laughs> don't know i mean we've had trucks with no stacks right uh, yeah so it yeah, just depends that that one snowstorm you guys back in i think it was 82 i was i was just getting out of high school or maybe it was a little bit later but we were doing the parking structure at, at uh stapleton and like dave said we drive the tandems to the top of the structure because obviously that, that was, was the, the one christmas blizzard in 82 Jim. right, right yeah. that christmas blizzard mm-hmm. And uh, for you snow removal guys, you know, out at Rolla there and stuff, you know, we'd been there, I don't know how many days, and and I was loading trucks and stuff, and one of the guys fell asleep in the tandems because we'd been sitting there, you know, just taking a break, and he was out, man. He was against the window and couldn't blame him, not a problem, but it was so slick up there that I was able to take the loader and start pushing on the side of the tandem. <laughs> And I started spinning him in circles. <laughs> Good, clean fun. <laughs> Good, clean fun. And he woke up and, oh, man, man. I, I think he uh, had to go to the bathroom and clean his shorts out a couple of times because you guys have all had that dream where you woke up and you think you're moving or you right. think you're driving. Yeah, he woke up and he was moving. So just, just a little <laughs> That one where you woke up and you thought you were peeing? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dave. <laughs> TMI. <buddy. laughs> oh, man. oh, man. So good stuff, you guys. So yeah. cut that one out, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not cutting anything out today. Uh, yeah, uh, Chris, to answer out. your question, there probably is less that we've helped build than we have helped build. You right. know? I mean, we delivered on site when Stapleton added their runways and I just. Yeah, so. Again, delivered to DIA when they've added runways and repaired and built. And, oh, my gosh, it, the list goes on and on and on. Yeah, just to just to capitalize on that to the end, Dave, is, is, you know, we tell you guys we deliver anywhere from four 
probably 4,000 loads a month this time of year to upwards of 6,000 to 7,000 loads a month. Uh, a month. Where do you guys think that's going? Right. Where, where do you think that is, is headed to? That's how important every one of you guys are. I can't stress that enough that you guys are making the, a difference in Colorado. Yeah, I used to have, when I, when I was driving, I had like this, we'll call it a stoner moment. Cause I was like <laughs> headed up to Fry and I'm like, wow, man, we're like blowing up the mountain to get rocks, to bring it back down to the city to help build the city. And it's just, it's pretty wild that the resource is just right there, I guess. Like, that's what I love about Fry. It's like, we're literally blowing chunks off a mountain to build the city up, which right? is just wild to me. Right? Yeah. Isn't it crazy yeah, not when to, you really think about it? Yeah, put a put another feather in my cap. But uh, I think it was me, probably Jim Smith, Rod Allen was one of the guys. There was there was four of us. Uh, anyway, we dumped the first loads, first four loads of road base that we hauled from down here up to Fry's to bury the pipe to get us across the little drainage creek that runs down the road so they could drive the loaders and equipment in to start blasting the mountain at Fry's. So the first loads ever delivered or hauled to or out of Fry's, I I was one of those guys also. So it was Captain Ron, not not Jim. Could could be Captain Ron, yeah. So yeah, basically, you build fries. Got it. Yeah, I do. the whole thing. You know, the bends right now. That's me. You know what though? I it was before I started working here and had any idea about the gravel business. But I used to ski a lot, right? And go up the canyon to go up to the mountains and skiing. And they used to load the trucks on the road mm-hmm. before yeah. you guys built the culvert to get into the. And now there's three levels to that place, yeah, right? Right. You know, Chris. you yeah. see it if you're going to Central City. You go up the Central City Parkway. You look down that place is i mean gigantic yeah it's crazy yeah where all the bins are was mountain oh yeah you know what i mean the mountain continued it was 12 feet off the road how much more do you think they got up there oh i think they've got like another 30 year supply jim 30 yeah Yeah, 30 to 50 years if i'm not mistaken wow i think if i remember right the last conversations we had and it's been quite a few years ago with al but I thought they owned the other side of the mountain to Blackhawk. That's exactly what I was going to say, oh, Dave. Wow. It goes clear back to the highway that goes to Blackhawk. Ah. Yeah, an aerial photo is pretty cool of it. Yeah. Very nice. Cool. Yeah, and you know, just to cap on the importance of, of everyone's job here, and, the, and it's everyone's job. It doesn't matter what position, whether you're driver, mechanic, office. It's just as important every step of everything we do. We're a chain. You know, we start at the first link and we go to the last link. And it's just as important. I never forget that story when we put the first man on the moon and the president was standing there and the janitor walks in and the president said to him, you know, what do you do here? And he says, well, I helped put a man on the moon. And he did. Right. His job was just as important as everyone else's. So it, it, it's just never ending. Every position here, we are tied and linked together to be successful. Yep. If, if one, I don't even want to call it a division because just that word alone it's puts separation in us, right? Yeah. And, and we have to be one family. We have to be one unit. We have to function as a team. We're only as, you know, like the military, we're only as fast as our slowest person and all of that good stuff. I mean, we are connected and tied to our community and just in every way, Every position is important here. It wow. just doesn't stop. Wow, you made me feel bad, Dave. <laughs> Seriously, because I, I feel like all I've done is talk about drivers when 
you know, when I came in with that bent bumper, you know who changed it out so the boss didn't look like shit the next week? Mikey. Well, Mikey at the time, but <laughs> I called Mikey. Can you give me a bumper? Uh, those mechanics, Dave, yeah, right? Yeah. And, and, and I don't think I mentioned them. Huh. You know, the we didn't have a wash bay at that time and stuff, but, you know, dispatch and, yeah, well, we did. That was Super Dave sitting across from me, so I, I, I'm, I'm, being, I'm being told on. But, yeah, you guys, the mechanics, the, the wash bay, dispatch, HR, payroll, you guys are all part of that cog, that big gear that's making it possible for us to deliver the loads and making a difference. You know, you wash the truck that was clean that could pull into Coors Field and look like one badass truck, you guys. And so, you know, you were able to fix that tire so we could make that delivery on time the next day. And you guys are all so, so important. So please don't let me sound like I just preached about drivers. It's it, it, like Dave just said, it is all of us. It's a chain. Yep. Couldn't do it without the mechanics. Couldn't do it without with the drivers. Couldn't do it without Joanne cutting us checks, right? That's the important part. Yeah. yeah can't do it without you two sitting at the table. Yeah. You know, like Dave said, it's a chain, man. I always tell Joanne, thanks for paying me. <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. Super Dave, you got a high road hauling? I do. I do. Um, this is kind of it should probably touch everybody out there because everybody experiences problems, experiences um, anxiety from time to time and uh, has to work through that, right? Every day is a new day and we have to conquer those problems. But uh, the title of this one this week is Your Problems Are Never Unique to You. In life, there are times when you feel alone against the world. You have to climb a mountain that no one else ever has climbed. The truth is that lots of people face the same trials and tribulations that you do, and it takes a while to sort those things through. The test always comes before the merit, and the struggle always precedes the strength. I was lucky enough to have a wise grandmother who coached me through my overwhelming feelings of hopelessness when I was a teenager, and I was smart enough to write a journal entry about the conversation I had with her so I could remember her wisdom decades later. Let me give you a little taste of that conversation. I sat there in her living room start staring at her through teary eyes. I feel lost and alone and completely out of my mind, I said. I don't know what is wrong with me. Why do you feel that way, she asked. Because I have anxiety about everything. I feel self-conscious. I have self-doubt and so much more all at once, I said. And she said, and you don't think everyone feels that way sometimes? Not like this, I proclaimed. Well, honey, you're wrong, she said. If you think you know someone who never feels the way you do right now, who never feels a bit lost and alone and downright confused and crazy, you just don't know enough about them. Every one of us contains a measure of crazy that moves us in strange, often perplexing ways. This side of us is necessary. It's part of our human ability to think, adapt, and grow. It's part of being intelligent, she said. No great mind has ever existed without a touch of this kind of madness. I sat silent, silently for a moment. My eyes gazed from hers to the ground and back to hers again. So you're saying I should want to feel like this? To an extent, she said. Let me put it this way. Taking all your feelings seriously all of the time and letting them drive you into misery is a waste of your incredible spirit. You alone get to choose what matters and what doesn't. The meaning of everything in your life is the meaning you give it. I guess, I replied under my breath. 
She continued, and sometimes how you feel simply won't align with how you want to feel. It's mostly just your subconscious mind's way of helping you look at things from a different perspective. These feelings will come and go quickly as long as you let them go, and as long as you consciously acknowledge them and push through them. At least that's what I've learned to do for myself out of necessity on a very regular basis. So you and I are actually struggling through this one together, honey. And if I'm also pretty certain, we are not the only ones. We shared another moment of silence. Then my lips curled up slightly and I cracked a smile. Thank you, Grandma, I said. The bottom line is this. Despite the real world challenges you face, the biggest and most complex obstacle you will have to personally overcome is in your own mind. And the quote this week is another good one. Uh, Make space in your life for the things that matter, for family and friends, love and generosity, fun and joy. Without this, you will burn out your mid-career and wonder where your life went by Jonathan Sachs. Nice, Dave. So that was excerpted uh, from an article that I found. Um, It wasn't my grandmother, (laughs) but still a really cool article. Awesome. Good, Good job, Dave. Final thoughts, guys? Each and every one of us are important to success. It, it takes the whole family, it takes the whole group. We can't have a weak link in the chain. I agree. Yeah, and uh, uh, listening to Super Dave's uh, High Road Holland there, you guys, the I, I don't know, I catch words out of when people, when I read something or, or I'm listening to somebody, sometimes I get lost in the whole story because I pick out this word or something and I, I concentrate on it so hard of what it means. But something that Dave just said, the struggle before the strength, the mm. struggle before the strength. How many of us have felt that where, ah, this is a struggle, this is a struggle, but we've gotten through it because we've had the strength. And I just have never, there's always going to be a struggle before your strength shows up. Mm-hmm. And God, thanks Dave, man. Yeah. That's, that's what I'd leave with you guys is you all have strength. Struggle through it. Yeah, I was a meaty one. I'm, I'm out to listen. Well, I will listen to it again when I edit it, of course, and then probably one more time. But that was great, Dave. Yeah, that one really popped up for that very reason, Jim. When I read those words, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. That's outstanding. I've got to do something with that. So, Like Jeff said, he, he'll listen to it again. Or I need to read it, Dave. But I just I kind of blank out on, on a little bit of the rest of it because I'm just like, what does that mean in my life, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I get stuck. Yeah, yeah. Uh, good good stuff. Just uh, your problems are never unique to you. You always mm. think, wow, is this just happening to me? And absolutely not. There's probably a million other people that has happened it to and will again. So yeah. you're not alone. Awesome. My final thoughts, be impactful. Ask yourself what you're doing that isn't working and what are you doing to improve your life and your family's life. And also, what are you doing to improve JFW? Each and every one of us can make improvements here, and it really starts from the ground up. And I'll leave you with a quote, monsters are scary until you look under the bed. And that's from uh, Doug Weckerman at Red Rocks Church. Yep. All right, guys. Thanks for being here. Appreciate you. Yeah, thanks, everybody. Keep Cadillacking. Yeah, thanks, yeah. everybody. Keep trucking. Keep it on the high road. Peace right? and chicken grease. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> thanks, everybody. Woo!